0: everybody to the niche podcast about the one thing I know something about game shows. I'm suppose I'm your host Jordan Haas. We're still going through the GSN Originals and this big gauntlet, but I promise you folks, it's only two episodes left this and next week and then we're all good to go. I don't know what will happen afterwards. I might want to take a break. But we'll see what happens when that time comes. I'm recording all of these in June. So if things start happening and suddenly, oh, Game Show Network is burnt to the ground. I'm sorry. I don't know about that yet. But don't worry. We have four brand new shows. We're almost done. We're almost done. And it is all about shows that we wish to forget or ones that I remember that we should quickly forget. And let's start off with the body art game show, Skin Wars. Hey, remember when I talked about Steampunked and had nothing to talk about? Well, get ready for another exciting episode as we talk about Skin Wars. Skin Wars is a body paint competition. It's like Steampunked, but with body paint. And these are nude body paints. Ooh, you can't you can't do that on anywhere. But now they're all nude. Ooh, it was hosted by Rebecca Romaine, Miss Stamos, absolutely. And RuPaul was a judge on the show. And this was circa 2014, right at the start of RuPaul Drag Race being all the rage. Uh, of course, what would happen is that this would be a show based on uh skin fashion. Now, here's the thing though. Whoever it, it's basically uh it's just like every sort of like steampunk before it. there's 10 uh body painters and then one gets eliminated until one's left standing after episode 8. And um it sort of just goes through each week. So, kind of like I would say like a Ink Master or any of the other, you do a challenge and this judges. That's so why you can't really do Ink Master, right? the so you're doing something this week, and then you're going to be judged, and someone gets eliminated. One episode was camouflage, and I thought that was the be- one of my favorite kind of challenges on Skin Wars. So the theme, the one of my challenges I saw in Skin Wars, which was the episode to refresh my memory, was they had to paint their model so it looks like they blended into their surrounding and i thought that was a really cool clever challenge and really neat that's it that's all i can say hey someone made a produce and and body painted a model and it looked really beautiful and i think the whole appeal of it was like uh nudes and also I want to point out here, this is the wiki phrase that I did not know until right now. According to Wiki, the sign-off phrase when someone gets eliminated is it's time to wash off your canvas. According to this, there was a spin-off show called Skin Wars Fresh Paint, which I guess we can talk about. It was a special on August 26, 2015, featuring six artists, each at the top of their gig, as they leave their comfort zones and compete for body paint for the first time. The artists must conquer three difficult challenges and are mentored by three artists from the first season. As the artists work closely with the body paint mentors, they quickly master craft and win $10,000. Okay. Neat. it's so it and it had 456,000 viewers and became a series itself on June 15th, 2016, which is the only rare occasion of a game show network show getting its own spin-off show that became just as popular as the one before it. Now, you could say political idiot test with idiot tests, but no no no. We are talking like a show with a show around it. And that's what we got with Skin Wars and Skin Wars fresh paint. It ended after 3 seasons because of 2016. Uh people were wondering why it would end in 2016. I'm going to take a guess and say mm, new direction in the network. Not a lot of watch along, it's a reality show and maybe they were thinking, "Oh no, the kids are watching and there's going to be a butt on screen." Also, maybe they can't afford RuPaul anymore, I don't know. But it was an actually a really clever show. I think when it comes to Skin Wars, it's a really novel idea and a really clever kind of judging mechanic. This is the kind of show that would work better on a streaming service nowadays, like a Netflix or HBO Max instead of a GSN. And given the whole appeal of naked and afraid and all those new things, hey, now you can show all of the cocks and balls. I really hate the fact that that means Ink Master has to be on the list and that live moss mentality. But hey, Ink Master is still on the air to this day. <sighs> you know what I kind of like was that one dog oh, I forgot what was that show, speaking of tattoos. Uh, it was like I don't know if it's Black Ink Crew or it it was one where it was basically like, "Hey, I want a tattoo and it was like they had something with meaning and they had the artist make the tattoo and then they show it and they get tattooed about it and they all get happy about it. That's the kind of thing. It's like, boy, that would be a great show to watch heartfelt. And then it's like an art piece and they get excited and they cry. That is fun. And then you realize, no, no. We need to have conflict, because conflict sells, and that's reality television. We need to start bitching at each other, and that's how you fucking handle social media these days, too. We all have to start yelling at each other, because politics is great. And speaking of politics, it's time to get political in this bitch. Bernie Sanders should have won. Bernie would have won two times in a row. Never mind that. Uh, Next, it is... Who wants to be governor of California? Or as it says here on the description, the debating game. I don't want politics in my game shows. I just don't want I don't want the politics in my game shows. I don't want to I don't wanna be I don't wanna just remember, remember, but oh, shut up. It's already happened so many times before. In fact, one of the earliest ones in modern era would be the 2003 Television Special Game Show Network who wants to be governor of California, colon, the debating game. This would be one of the last of Bob Bowden's shows before he eventually leaves the studio. But it is one that comes with a whole lot of baggage, but not that kind of baggage. See, uh, back then in the year 2002, Uh, Democratic Governor Gray Davis uh, handed out driver's licenses to illegal immigrants because they needed some form of ID. Uh, People were outraged by this because they basically skipped through all of the DMV protocol and skipped all of the ID things, and they thought, well, this isn't fair, so the legals get an easier way than us. Also, they speak Spanish, and we speak American. Because this was post 9-11, and we don't want any foreigners whatsoever, because we're still that sort of bigoted. Anyway, because Gray Davis did an oopsie, uh, he was going to get impeached, and we need to find out the new governor of California. But in walks in Arnold Schwarzenegger, famous for movies such as The Last Action Hero, Terminator 2 Judgment Day, Jingle All the Way, and kindergarten cop, among many others. Arnold Schwarzenegger was basically the front runner, uh, running on the Republican ticket and basically talking about the sissy boys that he doesn't want, while also calling himself the governator. You get it? It's clever. Anyway, it's very weird knowing known liberal Arnold Schwarzenegger would turn into a Republican, but that wouldn't stop other people from suddenly wanting to run for president as well. As in this case, there were a bunch of others, including Bill Walton, famous basketball player. There was even Gary Coleman, the actor. And yes, Mary Carey, the porn star. As each of these people were running, either on the Republican ticket, an independent ticket, a Libertarian ticket, or something else, to try and win the race for being the governor of California. So, whoever won would get $21,200, which, by law in the state of California, is the largest donation allowed by law for any one candidate. (sighs) That's about all you can really stomach. Originally I wanted to save this episode in case we ever get like someone in the pol- politics realm, either someone like Ch- an Chapo again or some someone in the world of like maybe even straight like get Brian on board. But because of time and limitation and scheduling, I've just kicked this can way too many times. And also it was such a shit show. Now, it's hosted by Kendi, who at the time was off Friend or Foe, but they still had the repeats on Game Show Network. It was... Oh, it's Rich Cronin. It wasn't a Bob Oh, I was wrong at the very beginning. I was wrong at the very beginning. Um, anyway... The idea is supposed to be that it's about d- democracy and trying to turn politics into a game show. Before Donald Trump took over as the United States president. Uh so one of the rounds basically in each round there's a certain thing. And the one that was very famous was they had a like a wheel of topics and they spin the wheel and then they get to talk about that topic for 30 for 30 seconds I believe. And <sighs> I get it because it's mostly played for laughs and played for the kind of dumb shit that we would see. But at the same time, it is such such an awful, awful show. It It's really terrible. Um, they have a vision for California board. And the best way to describe it is... It was a special that capitalized on the recall efforts of California, which at the time was national spectacle in a way to make a sort of fun little special. But as much as I would like to go, well, it's a nice little set, very cheap and all this. I want to break the typical game shows, I suppose, mold because I saved this episode. I wanted to keep it for the sole purpose of this one fucking question. Who was this show for? When it comes to making a fucking game show, who's the fucking audience? Is basically should be the main question here. Who are we supposed to expect watching the show enough to sit 60 minutes with commercials and then watch it again next week and the week after? If the game sucks ass, no one's going to be watching. But luckily, this is a special, so they don't have to watch every week. They just have to watch this one-and-done special. So who the fuck is this for? That remains the question. Is it people who like Gary Coleman and just want to see Gary Coleman because they heard he's running for governor? And Mary Carey because porn star? And this was, like, internet, like, buzz at the time? So, ooh, we may get to see Mary Carey on a TV show. But the problem is, if that was the case, to have a political kind of, let's hear what they have to say about politics— you don't really fucking get that. You get joke answers. You get Mary Carey talking about her tits. You get Gary Coleman having to say, what you talking about Willis? When he fucking got sick of that shit back in the mid 2000s. We barely glanced at the time he didn't have work and had become a security guard. So it, it's more played for laughs. And Kennedy, who at the time, once again, libertarian, comedy, uh, legend of MTV, was an all-right host. She does have a political background in, in terms of anyone who's on the GSN register at the time would make the most sense. However, it, it's it's played for laughs, and it's played to mostly mock the candidates rather than listen to them, which means we should not take any of these people seriously Just like how we should not take government seriously, which I guess might be a good idea. I don't fucking know. But that is essentially the main question. Who the fuck was this for? Okay, first of all, if you're going to go into the Puritan politic aspect of this, the Democrats would be rooting for Gray Davis. They would want to either keep him or get somebody else. So they're not going to be watching this show because they're going to be thinking, well, fuck, these are people. When it comes to the Republican Party, this was the 2000s, and it was Bushism going on and Reaganism going on. And with Arnold Schwarzenegger showing up, you see the next generation of politics, the celebrity politician. So when it comes to I'm going to vote for Arnold over Gray Davis, well, it's because Arnold is an action movie star, and he's the guy – California is no different. They would vote for the big famous celebrity. Get ready for Governor Chris Pratt circa 2032. It's going to happen. It's just a matter of time. And Arnold Schwarzenegger being governor, it was weird. I, I, those was a weird time period. Now, at the time, I wasn't really politically active. I was a dumb middle schooler. So most of the time, I was focused on playing Xbox, watching G4, and trying to not cry every day because my own anxieties, because I was going through adolescence at a very ridiculous rate. So when it comes to a game show like this, you're making fun of candidates, so you're not really there for the policies, even though they're being told, well, if you go there, you might get donations from people, it's good for your publicity, But at the same time, this was Game Show Network, which was extended cable at the time, which means it didn't really get that much of an audience, except for people who were on their way to watch it because of just the shock appeal of it. This would have made a lot more sense if this was, say, Fox at the time, uh, trying to capitalize on the shock gimmicks, because this was still at the time when Fox had these one-off specials all the time. But this being GSN, it's a very weird stratosphere. Additionally, if it's not a Democrat, it's a Republican, but the Republicans wouldn't be really watching so much because they would be, at the time... Probably backing up Arnold Schwarzenegger and saying this is the new face of California GOP. So what? So if you're, if you're a Democrat, you are not going to fucking watch this show unless you just want to see a shit show. If you're a Republican, you're not going to watch this because you're watching a shit show. That just leaves independents, libertarians, and progressive Green Party people. And they're not going to fucking watch this because their policies aren't going to be presented that much on the screen. Except for maybe, li- like, if you're a libertarian because of Kennedy. But other than that, like, no. You're not going to get, like, a Cornell West showing up for the People's Party. I really hope this uh, air is at a good time. Otherwise, this is fucked. Um, so when it comes to the governor of California, the debating game, it is a shit show. It's barely a game show. I mean, technically it is because there's rounds and there's a winner. But it... In many ways, it just could have done so much better. It could have figured out more of what policies are. But again, I guess when it comes to politics, it's sort of this sort of shit show before the major shit show would happen and would later come into a bigger shit show. I don't think this could ever happen again. And we, they've already tried to recall Gavin Newsom in the state. So they're obviously going to try this again maybe some other time. Maybe, maybe it's time for another reboot, right? <laughs> but because of this uh, huge division in this country, uh, because it turns out just breathing uh, is offensive, and additionally, just existing as a gay person is offensive, uh, you're seeing people who want people who exist to die, and others saying, hey, man, that's not cool, They should only be arrested. And that's the kind of fate we are living with in this country. Of course, I should point out that this was before Prop 8 was to exist in this country. So this was a time when, and I should really point this out before we close this up, when they were booing gay people and the idea of gay marriage as an issue in the state. Yes, At one point, during Who Wants to Be Governor of California, the debating game, because they had to come up with two names, they couldn't figure out which one, the debating game, or to call it Who Wants to Be Governor of California, it's both, they had somebody go, yes, I support same-sex marriage, I think they should get married, love is love. At at a time when this was like, oh, a hot button issue, they got booed. Weed is still bad boo the war is good yay we are still in that era and watching this again is just sort of in a older standpoint really makes you go wow what a fucked up country we live in anyway it's no different than how it is now it's just instead of it being on a fucking game show repeat channel it's now on cnn as a downhaul debate Hey, who's next? Nikki Haley? Hey, who's next? Uh, 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 Fucking Ted Cruz? Who's next? Is it Ron DeSantis? Is it Donald Trump? Is it Mike Pence? Which cartoon character are we going to be talking about next and then handhold them? Is it it Tim Scott? We're going to do Tim Scott next. Are we going to have a big fucking wheel with this fucking shit show? Because it feels like we're about to have that happen. Because it's that level of cartoonish, and it already existed almost 20 years ago with this goddamn terrible game show. You ever watch those CNN town hall debates and think that, God, it's just becoming that now? I do. I also think, boy, politics sure sucks these days, especially when you realize... You have friends who are gay or transgender, and no one gives a shit about them. And if they do give a shit about them, it's for the negative context. And this was in the middle of Pride Month, too. How do you feel about Target? How do you feel about Bud Light? How do you feel about Rainbow Sprinkles, for whatever reason? It's just, it gets so tiresome. It gets so... And I just want to talk game shows. But then this shit happens and you're just like, God damn it. Anyway, CM Punk says uh, uh, support LGBTQ kids. And you know what? Let's go with that. Next on this docket, because I just want to move on, is another game show. Let's just have something with Good taste in our mouths. The delightful comedy stylings of Dennis Miller. This is Grand Slam. Going through every game show from GSN is without its perks. Uh, This next game show is actually one of my favorites, but one that never really gets the light of day or the discussion. And it's a very short-lived, one-and-done series called Grand Slam. So it's the quickest... Game to explain and is also the sad part about Grand Slam. So it was basically the tournament of champions of game shows. And we are now in this weird post-modern meta world where there are so many different battle of the best kind of game shows. Like the challenge for reality competition shows. You have tournament of champions on Food Network for all the food talent shows. But Grand Slam is like a precursor to that and it was perfect for any diehard fan of game shows because they basically casted 16 big-name game show people. They got got Brad Rutter, they got Ken Jennings, Ed Tudent, Kevin Olmsted, John Carpenter, who won a million on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, Ogi Ogas, who was also on Millionaire. Uh, You had contestants from Greed, you had contestants who won a World Series of Pop Culture, won Ben Stein's Money. Basically, anybody who has won... The most money in game shows, including, and this is my favorite one, Tom McGee from Tic-Tac-Doe. The biggest winner in game show history at the time, he came back to do Grand Slam. But the game is so very simple. It is played with four rounds, uh, and every round is basically a chess clock where they go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Uh, so you answer a question If you get it right the clock starts on the opponent who then gets a question and if they get it right their clock stops and it goes back to their opponent and it goes back and forth until someone's clock runs out. Whoever does wins the duel and whatever time that's left on their clock carries over to the final round. This is repeated three times with each round having a different kind of challenge. So there is general knowledge in round one, numbers and logic in words and letters in round two, and mixed in round three. In the fifth and final round, they had a uh, mixed knowledge round, which I didn't really care for. I kind of liked it better when it's just random, (laughs) as it were. Uh, So they play basically three trial fights, as it were, leading up to the culmination, the final battle, which is round four, where they each get their minute clocks plus any time that they have left over. So some person could have done really well and maybe got 20 more seconds added to their clock. Other times, because this is a chess clock format and these are really smart people, it could be down to the second. So it's not really that much of an advantage going into round four. Uh, What makes this a very exciting game is the fact there's a ticking clock at all times, with both of the contestants. And the casting choices, and not just the contestants, but uh, it's been hosted by Pat Kierman from Studio 7, made for a fantastic kind of show. Additionally to that, Amanda Byram and Dennis Miller, I know, Dennis Miller and Amanda Byram, they serve this basically like the, the commentary team trying to treat this like it is a sports event. And that actually brought in some new flavor to the game, which I actually really enjoyed. Uh, To me, Grand Slam had one of the weirder sets because it was really just two projection screens and a tiley floor led screen thing. But that's beside the point. It's a very simplistic premise. It's a chess clock quiz show. And the last one standing advances in the 16 person tournament to one is left standing to win the game. And this was in 2007. This was really at the awkward time when Deal or No Deal was sort of around, but this is going on. And it was basically celebrating quiz show winners. And I thought that was fantastic. This is in a world where Duel would just show up a few years later. And I think it was one of the better head-to-head trivia shows to exist, even though it was a one-and-done series. It was just a uh, basic trivia show. Personally speaking, and this is just me, I would like to see a revival of Grand Slam. This is why I kind of want... This is a precursor. The Brad and Ken Jennings fight uh, was was around. But in the final round for Grand Slam season one, it was Ken and, and Ogas, and Ken won. So, hey, the Jeopardy host won the show. <coughs> Um, but I would love to see this again, and I think you don't have to make it like the turn you could make it like a mastermind situation where you get all of these trivia experts again, and then you get your James Holtzauer, you get your uh, you get your Mateo Roaches back on. But because there's only Jeopardy and the Chase in terms of a trivia show, it may be masterminds. I think what you could do for a Grand Slam reboot is if you expand on the tournament structure. Like you make it a 64-person tournament that becomes 32, that becomes 16, that becomes 8, becomes 4, becomes 2 in the grand final. Uh, and you make it so maybe there is sort of just a, uh, in the first round, a uh, best 2 out of 3 wins situation. Like, there's no time carries over. It's just the first two out of three wins. But I could see why they did a round four, because that ultimately expands the format so you don't have weird, awkward three-round games and two-round games. It makes sense. But what I think should work with this show is if you plan it correctly, you can have these right duels, you can have the right kind of situations with this. And... I think if you don't want to go to a th- like the best two out of three and change the rules to that, I think what you could do is first of all get rid of the uh, the change the category format and make it so it's a chess clock and the chess clock's a one and done. but it's a very long chess clock, so it's two minutes or three minutes. So then you can have some tension parts where someone's awkwardly stammering and then you cut to commercial. Because I, I, I love the idea of a chess clock, but the only game show currently in circulation that kind of loves that chess clock format is Beat the Chasers in the UK. But Grand Slam was like a precursor to that. It was a head-to-head showdown. And I think that kind of speediness with the chess clock works in its advantage. But I never really got the chance to really talk about this show on Game Show, I suppose, because unless you're talking about every contestant and how they did, it's a very dull kind of show because it only lasted eight episodes. And I think this should really be like a, a either a 10 episode series or a 20 episode series. That's sort of like this great grand champion kind of battle. Like once me to me, that's kind of what I think it, it, it should sort of be. Um, because when we're looking at all these little tournaments and head-to-head challenges, I I think there should be something like that for quizzes, and there's not really one for it. And Grand Slam sort of did that, but on a very simplistic standpoint, and I thought that was really cool. The last thing I want to point out about this game was they did have a lifeline. If you don't know the answer to a question, you can pass and get a new question, and so run the clock, but... If you want to just push it back, you can switch, and that basically forces the player to answer your question. However, like a Double Dare, they could switch back to the opponent, and it can just use up all of your switchbacks. It could be switch switchback, 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 and just waste the clock on it, even though you know there's no penalty for an incorrect answer. Um to me, that's what I kind of enjoy about Grand Slam is just this way of handling trivia in a dramatic fashion, but also feeling like a real head to head showdown, which I really loved. They had really great like background info, really great bios, and they even had confessionals at a time that it was like really weird to have like Ken Jennings speak in a chair going, "Well, I really want to fight this person." In a way that I thought was really, really amazing. Now, obviously, you probably need better casting in terms of hosts. um, But at the time, it was like a real deal show. Just like World Series of Pop Culture on VH1, it's one of those, oh, man, the one that got away kind of shows. And I would love to see it again, even though the problem with any sort of tournament style format show is it's really hard to repeat it once you know the outcome of the overall tournament but given that we are now in a streamer age it doesn't really matter because people are just going to watch the finale anyway and not see the journey that came through to the finale but definitely expand to it's like a 64 person tournament because we need to have as many contestants as possible doing this show because we sure love to do our battle royale style formats also It kind of gives me things about that Million Second Quiz, which is one of the earliest episodes of game shows, I suppose. And I just something about that just reminds me of Million Second Quiz uh, Grand Slam. I mean, to me, that was one of the better shows to come out. Embassy Row is really good with some of their formats. Uh, But next, next is a game show that should not have existed. Honestly, we we have gone into shit. This week. This is like the shittiest game shows. We've... Uh, the governor of California shit. We, we ended up with this boring trivia thing. And now we're going to end up with a game show where you don't have to know anything to win. You don't have to do anything to win. You just have to please a jury of your peers and have them vote without prejudice. When I was going to cover every GSN original, I honestly forgot about this one uh it is a game show called without prejudice and it's based off a uk game show called without prejudice hosted by lisa tarbuck but this one is hosted by robbie ludwig and it lasted 90 minutes each episode instead of 60 they expanded the show so the premise is simple There are five contestants and a jury of five people. And in each round, they must eliminate one player until one is left standing to take home $25,000. There is no trivia questions at stake. All they have to do is pick who deserves it the most without prejudice. In the first round, they each get 15 seconds to explain who they are. Then the the jury must eliminate one player. Then, the second part is just a short biography of the player over who needs it the most. Then another one is eliminated. With three left standing, they basically get to show up and explain some hot-button issues because we need to have some political guidance. Then, in round three, there is a back-and-forth with an interview by the panel itself. The panelists can ask any question they want, but they just can't ask what they would do with the money. The panel did votes on the winner. Of course, three out of five is all that's needed. And that's it. It's a really, really boring... It's honestly an okay game show if you think of it being like a, the social kind of thing that we see with Survivor in this time because it being 2007, which, by the way, was three years after the show got canceled in the UK in 2004. <clears throat> so... When a show like this happens, obviously it's supposed to be kind of like a who-deserves-the-money situation. And it's supposed to be kind of like... I would say something like the briefcase that we talked about a long time ago. Or we talk about things like, um... You deserve it. Just the whole aspect of the money as the social element of who deserves the money and why. Now... Well, it would be making the most sense, and must be very hurtful because four people aren't going to get any money. What makes it worse is the prejudice does show up every fucking episode. The claim to fame with without prejudice, and especially the game show network edition, is that one of the uh, one of the panelists who are the juries eliminated a player because, in their opinion, they're black which sparked a lot of outrage by the NAACP, and rightfully so. So, uh, it's a show where racists and sexes and homophobia shows up, and instead of just the group bickering against each other to see who deserves the money, it's a jury kind of being somewhat parasocial over who are their favorites and why they deserve it, and slowly but surely someone gets eliminated. The problem with the show is exactly what I just said. There is nothing going for it. It really is just kind of just pick and choose and say why, but you have to come up with some reason as to why, which makes things a little hurtful, because there's five really deserving people who need money, and suddenly you're just like, well, I don't like her look, and I don't like the tone in her voice, and I don't know. She's very shrill, all that kind of... Uh, bickering negative it's a real mean show and i f- found an episode of without prejudice and i rewatched it and uh, as a format it's easy to figure out you know it's round by round eliminate one player to one's left standing it's it's no different than a dating show if you if really want to break it down as as shitty as like the rationale is for these eliminations and the amount of bullshit coming out of the jury's mouth—it's no different than a fucking dating show like The Bachelor, or it, only instead of who's getting get a date, it's who's getting twenty five thousand dollars. Which, by the way, is Game Show Network. They're too cheap to give away ten thousand these days, but they'll try and give away twenty five thousand in the mid two thousands. Um, it is an interesting game show, though. Because they did, because the host that they got wasn't a comedian. It was instead a psychotherapist. And Robbie did sort of at times explain what could have caused these prejudices among the jury, which I thought was actually beneficial. Uh, However, it's still just like baggage, like a real unsavory show. That being said, As much as I'm like, uh, about without prejudice, I would still watch another episode because it seems like because the contestants change and the jury changes, much like a survivor season, you never really know what you're gonna get. And there are moments in the show where there are people who kind of, again in a parasocial way, find that contestant they're really hand like want to see win, and sometimes they that for the person and to me that's kind of an interesting concept that you didn't really see back in the 2000s it's usually been a lot of negative 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 a real like drama hour so it, it's really interesting to see people going into defense of people and then there are others that are just like really really out of right field just coming up with bullshit and it's just it's a weird show Considering baggage of all things ended up being a more successful show for GSN and this show did not, it's very confusing because I would rather watch an episode without prejudice than baggage. And if you love the shit show of baggage, without prejudice should have that same kind of sloppy kind of Moripovich infighting that you would want. Um, however, of course it didn't last that many episodes. It only lasted uh, a few, I think it lasted like maybe like eight episodes, not that many, but, um, that's it. It's a one season wonder and for good reason, because it's barely a game show. But if you like social experiments, which was a good chunk of reality television at the time, and if you like that sort of metadrama of the final round of Survivor, where there's a jury and you have to vote. This is the show that's basically that in 90 minutes, which I thought was very fascinating. Again, I would watch it more than baggage, but it's still not the best show. But that will be it uh, when it comes to Without Prejudice. There's really not a whole lot left to talk about other than it's really dull set that looks like a UN meeting, like a U-shaped desk and a television screen. And then sometimes a chair. That's it. Just ah, God, terrible. Just terrible. And the problem is that is a UK game show. Hey, folks, UK game shows are all good. All the UK games you gotta see the chase. You gotta see pointless, and then you get shit like this. You, we could get Tipping Point. We could get Mastermind, Countdown. No, no, no. No, fuck you. We're getting Without Prejudice. That's the kind of British imports we're going to get. Hey, you want to you wanna have a, a, I literally just told you, American Edition? Nope. We can't get that. Hey, Taskmaster, we've tried and failed. Can't do that. But you know what we can do? You know what we can do without prejudice. That's what we could do. Who wants to be millionaires, a big hit in the UK? Well, you know, Golden Balls? Nope, not fucking doing that shit. Okay. That's what we got. Anyway, uh, Cheat is a good game. I, I, again, my top five list. Cheat on Netflix remains one of my favorite modern game shows. It's a British game show. Check it out. Additionally, uh, Limitless Win with Anne and Deck is one of those better game shows. I don't know if that will ever make it here to America. Maybe by the time this episode airs, there'll be announcements about it. But I don't know. Um, but a lot of the British game shows are just sort of falling flat. Uh, they're axing a lot of game shows over there as well. But they're also rebooting Gladiator. So you got to take it with the bad and the good. And that's what you have um lastly uh we are about to start the next season of jeopardy happy mayam and Day. think wouldn't that be fun also by the time this episode airs i'm pretty sure pat sajak's starting his next season right that's what i'm assuming based on math and probability we're near the end of the summer so the start of season 41 and pat's last season <sighs> I'll, I'll keep you all updated on a podcast with Jordan Haas when those days come. Until then, next week is our last episode of the Game Show Network Original Gauntlet. Can I survive the Game Show Gauntlet one last time? Well, I pre-recorded all of those, so the answer is truthfully yes, but what did I think? What game shows are missing? We'll find out all of these questions and more next time on Game Shows, I suppose. Big smooch.